Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg as always, and today, yes it is Monday. Um, if you remember last week, I had talked about how I might not be able to do a podcast this week because uh, I have to work this entire week. Well, I'm actually off today. This is the end of my kind of long weekend here. Uh, it was my wife's birthday. We went up to Door County uh, for the weekend. And so what we took this day off is like, a, we still get a day to chill out at home, which I think is a very, very good idea. <laughs> Whenever you do a vacation, like make sure you have one day at home where you kind of get your bearings back and, and, uh, you know, like just re recharge at home because even a vacation, like vacation can be exhausting actually as, as stupid as that sounds, I know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so we're spending today at home. Uh, and so I'm going to do this real quick. She's still up, uh, in bed sleeping and, and getting her rest up. I gotta do this and then run a bunch of errands. And then uh, I have the whole week that I have to work. And then this weekend actually to take off again. Cause it's my niece's high school graduation. Yes, I'm old. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so Door County was, was pretty cool. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't really go up there very often. I haven't been up there in a really long time actually. And not counting when I drove up there to get those glass cases in Egg Harbor, but I hadn't really been up there in a while. And I'll tell you, I, uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't realize how touristy it was. Like I knew it was a tourist destination. So that's maybe my own ignorance, but it, it was very touristy, like, like way more touristy than I thought it would be. And, and, and I guess maybe that's just, again, that's just my own ignorance when I think about that. Uh, but we went up there, uh, went to like a cidery, uh, a cider tasting. Uh, we went to, oh man, I mean, we started there. We, uh, we had pizza at a, at a great place called the wild tomato. There's a couple of them up there. We had uh, ice cream at a place called not licked yet. That was super good ice cream. Uh, and then we played mini golf at this like pirate cove adventure mini golf. That was actually pretty cool. And I, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not bragging here. I'm bragging, but I'm not bragging. I don't know what was going on. Mini golf. Okay. 18 holes. I got five hole in ones and, and not unlike easy holes, right? So the very first one, I got a hole in ones that set the tone, but I ended up finishing with five hole in ones <laughs> and Jenny was just looking at me like, what, what the hell dude? <laughs> like how am I supposed to win when you're just punching these in? And a lot of it wasn't even skill, right? Like I'd hit it and it would bounce around the back of the thing and just go in. Like, I don't know what was going on. I should have bought a lottery ticket or two or three. Um, but th so that was fun. And then, uh, you know, we just kind of drove around too, saw the sites. There's this really cool, uh, we went to see this, um, this overlook where it's like over a huge cliff and they've got this like little point you can walk out to. And it's just like, I don't know, 500 feet down, a thousand feet down. I don't even know what it is, but it was really like, you see the, t you look below and you see the tips of trees that are very, very big and, you know, certain death, basically, if you fall, whatever height that is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so we uh, we went out there we took some pictures it was great drove around it ended up being a beautiful day it was supposed to be rainy and crappy all weekend and we're driving up there and it's a little little damp little rainy and then we get up there and the sun slowly starts to come out and then it's just out the whole day and it was actually it was just a little too cold to say like drive with the top down or to drive with the windows down it was just a little too chilly for that but it was just a great uh, just a great day to drive around and not have to worry about being too hot and you could do mini golf without feeling like you're sweating all over the place uh and so yes yeah, so we did that and then you know honestly it was like probably 8 30 or 9 we heard fireworks going off because so uh we stayed in fish creek but up a little bit further north is ephraim and in ephraim they had this uh fearball festival which is like like fireball it's basically a scandinavian ritual festival where they celebrate and they burn all the witches from the winter 
I guess. And they burned the Winter Witches to welcome in summer or whatever. And so we didn't actually do any of the festivities. They had the roads closed, and we didn't want to park and walk around when we didn't even know what it was. Uh, but we could hear the fireworks going off, and we wanted to go check them out. But we were so stuffed from the pizza and the ice cream and then tired from the mini golfing and walking around and going to the – like walking out to the to the cliffs and stuff that I was like – we just sat in bed. And then we watched Lion King. <laughs> Lion King was on uh, – was on TBS, I think, or something. So we just kind of did that, which to me, though, that that's like the perfect end to a day. I don't, I don't know. I think what I love the most about this one is oftentimes when you take vacations, you plan everything, you know. And here we we planned like where we wanted to eat and we planned a couple things. But then the, mo the other part, like the most part of the day was just let's just drive around. Let's just see what looks cool and then we'll stop and go there. And that was really fun. I actually very, very glad that we did it that way. And that's how. I wished we had done Japan when we went the first time. Like, I feel like we just planned out too much. Like, we were looking for stuff to fill that probably wouldn't have been as cool as the stuff that we would have done if we just went looking for it, I think. And so that when Jen and I go back, which the plan is 2021 for Japan, so not next year, the year after, uh, the plan for that is to uh, to not plan as much stuff and to maybe look up things that day and plan things that day. And just kind of walk around and check out the city like that's uh, like probably stay in Tokyo again and check out the city because that was uh, that was awesome. I would like to go back to uh, to um, uh, Kyoto because we didn't do any shopping there. And I know there's like good video game stores there too, the ones outside Tokyo. So I want to check that out, too, because uh, really when we were in um, Kyoto, we only did like the traditional stuff. So we saw the temples, went to the older parts of town. And then that was pretty much it. We didn't we didn't like try to hit the city city part of that. Um, even though it's not obviously as big of a city as Tokyo. Um, but that's our plan, I think. So sometimes when you take a vacation, don't plan everything to the minute. I think I think that's a mistake. And I think if you plan everything, if you plan a lot, and then you you have to ad-lib, you have to have your filler where you just kind of figure stuff out. I think that's, to me anyway, that's a perfect vacation. So uh, that's what we're going to do when we go back to Japan. But yeah, Door County's great. You know, it was, it was a lot of pretentious people up there, a lot of really rich people up there. <laughs> <laughs> don't really fit in but it's fine it was it was a lot of fun though and it was we ate some great food and yeah it was it was all around it was pretty awesome the hotel we stayed at was eh, you know it was like a it was like a hotel and the room was i think the room was probably the size of my recording studio here or a little smaller because it just felt like you turned you walked in and that was like it was like a small bedroom it was like a small bedroom a child's bedroom you might say but anyway, that's what I've been up to. So let's let's get to this. So the podcast today, we're mostly going to be talking about E3. And I think that's all we're really going to be talking about. But we're going to be talking about kind of now that it's over, right? So I think it's fair to say once E3 is over, and, and I, I saw this a lot online too, where people were saying things like, like Monday morning. I talked a little bit about this on the Dropcast last week, if you watch that too. But, you know, like there were people straight up who were saying, Man, E3 sucks this year. And they said it on Monday morning. Okay, so E3 doesn't even start until Monday. Yes, we had uh, early conferences. You had EA, Bethesda, and Microsoft uh, on Sunday and Saturday. But though that's not E3. And, and so many people equate E3 to just being the press conferences. Okay, and that that's like one of the biggest mistakes I think you can make, because a lot of the great information that comes from E3 and a lot of the great reveals comes from the show floor. That's where you see gameplay, you know, and and, uh, you know, I, I got into not I wouldn't say a tiff. There's a really good guy on Twitter I like chatting with named Scouse Mouse. He, you know, he he's got a pretty good channel and I like 
I, I like his content. He's very wholesome, good, good dude. Um, but one of his tweets was, you know, kind of complaining about there being a lack of actual gameplay at E3. That's what he said. And I said, well, don't worry. You know, you get a lot of gameplay at the show floor, not necessarily at the press conferences. And then he kind of made the argument, well, it should be at the press conferences. Like, why aren't they doing more live gameplay at the press conference? And well, I think there's a couple reasons. One, I think cinematic trailers grab more attention. They just do. You know, the average gamer likes seeing a cool cinematic more so than they might, might like seeing a game. And games have ups and downs as far as... Um, what I want to say, like, uh, it's almost like a book where it's got like high points and low points, right? Because you can't just have all fast action all the time. You have to have like a lull so that kind of makes you appreciate the action. You have to, you have to break it up, you know? And so a lot of the times games are made like that too. And so you have to break up. So if you're showing gameplay, there's going to be boring parts where you have to like walk through a city and people are going to be like, this is boring. Um, and so, you know, and he and and so that's kind of my argument as to why they don't show a lot of gameplay. I'm not saying I wouldn't love to see gameplay, and I agree. Until I see gameplay, I don't get very excited. I didn't even really get hyped on Death Stranding until they showed a little bit of gameplay, and they still even showed that much. So I'm still not really that hyped on the game because I don't care. Like I do care about trailers. I think they're cool, especially when it was Metal Gear because that was story trailers. But when it's just a trailer, you know, and you don't really learn a lot about it, and you don't see how the game is played, I agree that doesn't add a lot of value to me. But I think that there's just a huge subset of, of gamers out there that just really just love the the pomp and circumstance. They love the wow factor. They love just being like blown away by graphics. And that's what trailers are meant to do. Trailers are contained experiences. It's going to be the same every time you watch it. You know, gameplay can change. You know, what if you're playing on stage? And some they don't really do this very often anymore. But what if you're doing a live gameplay on stage? And they've done this some. They've done this before. Um, God of War did it. But what if you're on stage doing a live gameplay? And a huge bad bug comes out or you get a crash or something. And that has happened before, right? I think famously there was like a Windows press conference where Windows had a blue screen of death during it. And so that that's really embarrassing and that's not a good look. And that's all everyone will be talking about instead of the hard work that all the people put into the game. So, you know, it's that's why they don't do it. Not Again, not saying I wouldn't love to see it, but that's just kind of why. And so you get a little bit of a look kind of behind the curtain. Um, so... Uh, so with that said, I want to cover, we're going to do this kind of in three parts. So the first part is I do want to talk about the press conferences and the, and the releases. Um, but we're going to talk about, um, EA, uh, Ubisoft and, um, Square and Bethesda all in one. Cause I didn't really feel like any of these stood out enough to talk about them all individually. Um, but then yeah, because they didn't like to me. There weren't there weren't really any reveals, and, and I, I I'll get into it more later. I don't even know why Bethesda does a conference, but um, so we'll talk about those four kind of lumped together. Then I want to talk about Microsoft. Uh, then we're going to talk about Nintendo. Um, let's see here. What is what was this one? <laughs> I have like these filters and pages. Okay, this is dumb. I don't need that. Okay, so yeah. So then we're going to kind of finish up with Nintendo. Uh, and then, you know, I guess we'll talk about who I thought had great showings. I don't really, like I've said this before, I don't really like saying someone won E3. I mean, I always say when there's a good E3, the people who win are us, uh, the consumer, because it just means that we got to see lots of cool stuff, uh, hopefully got to see gameplay of cool stuff, and, and, and saw a bunch of really awesome reveals. Um, but with that said, um, we're going to start with the the chit-chat about the Bethesda Ubisoft, and we're doing this in order, so it's it's Bethesda, 
Ubisoft Square, right? Did I miss one? Square, Ubisoft, Bethesda, EA. So it starts with Bethesda. And this is... Wait, where's EA on this list? They take EA off this list? Or is there two pages? What's going on here? Oh, there's two pages. That's why. I, I put too many videos on there. So we'll start with EA. And then we're going to get to uh, the other ones that they showed. Uh, EA, then Bethesda. And I think it's Ubisoft. Yeah, whatever. So we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it all. Then we'll do Microsoft. Then we'll finish up with uh, with Nintendo. And then we'll kind of do a recap of what I thought overall the show. And then, of course, I have uh, my Game of the Week picked out. Um, I have uh, my pile of pickups. And yeah, yeah. And so and that'll be it. And, be, and then I got a nice little surprise, nice little bit of happy news at the end of the uh, of the podcast about the uh, Drop Rate ch- YouTube channel. So we'll, we'll, we'll cover that at the end. So uh, here we go. So first up today uh, on our podcast, as I just said earlier, we are doing a, uh, a recap, uh, essentially, of E3. And so I want to kind of go over not just the conferences, but the games they talked about. And we're going to go through them one by one. We're going to do Microsoft later, Nintendo later, but we're going to start with a kind of a combination of the smaller fries. So we're going to go with, uh, we're going to talk about first, um, we have EA, uh, and then we're going to do Bethesda, then Ubisoft and Square Enix is where we're going to kind of end. So um, first, as you can kind of see here, if you've never been to this site, I think it's really great. You should check it out. Uh, basically, it's uh, it's 2019.e3recap.com. They do it every year, and it's a great place where they sort all the trailers, and you can see everything. I think it's just a great place if you need to catch up, right? If you didn't catch any E3 and you don't just want to go to the blog sites and hope that they covered everything, you can come here and see every trailer in order, essentially, as it was released even. Um, and so it's pretty cool. And then you can watch the trailers and they'll have multiple trailers depending on, you know, what you want to see. So it's a very cool site. So check it out and you can also donate to them. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I haven't, but I don't know what that's like, but you could, if you want to, if, if you like what they do, you could. Uh, so here we go. Um, so first up was EA and EA didn't really have a lot. You know, I, I always wonder why certain shows still do the big press conferences when it would just be easy, you know, to do. I don't know. I don't even know why. Like you could partner with Microsoft or with Sony. To, well, not Sony, I guess this year, but you could partner with Microsoft to like here showcase our games on your show, and then not have to pay all that money, right? But you know, EA is a big enough company where I guess they want to because Activision is also not here, so Sony wasn't here, Activision wasn't here. Like there are some big players that are backing out of the E3 experience. Um, so starting though with EA. They opened really strong with the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order gameplay. And I know a lot of people, you know, everyone's going to have different opinions. Personally, I thought the gameplay looked really good. Um, I do not necessarily like the look of the protagonist. (laughs) I think he's just very generic looking. But it's whatever, you know, I'll still play it. Uh, It looks cool. I like how they're integrating some of the characters from Rogue One. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, And so there's, and it's a cool story. I like the idea. The gameplay looks really good to me. There's platforming, uh, there's good combat, and then there seems to be like more difficult combat, right? So there seem to be like these general crappy guys that you can kill by throwing your lightsaber, but then you run into these anti-lightsaber fighters, right? So there'll be fighters that have you know, electric shock rods or something that can counterbalance a lightsaber. And that almost to me, I know it's going to sound really weird when I say this, that almost looked to me like a Dark Souls or Demon Souls type combat. It was really weird. Like you'd lock onto them, there's the little dot, and then you kind of, you know, side swipe and, and, and go around. And so 
and and, and it was almost more of like a attack attack parry parry counterattack sort of system it wasn't just hack and slash dot and it wasn't dodge 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 all the time it was there was a lot of combat there so i actually think jedi star wars jedi fallen order looks really good and it's by respawn i mean that team makes really good games and really polished games they added things that they've already worked on like the wall running is in there the platforming is really good i don't know it looks fun uh now at first though when you watch that trailer you think wow it's kind of a generic you know level hopper like you go point a to point b and it's kind of whatever however that's not really how the game plays and this is the sort of information i was saying earlier that you find out on the show floor so on the show floor they showed and they talked about how the game itself is actually going to be where you can travel around to different areas and do them in any order you want and that's really cool to me so that adds an, an exploration element to all of it and i'm hoping that the, i'm sure they will they'll pack hidden stuff in the game you know extra mini stuff to find um tidbits all that sort of fun stuff right so i actually think the game's gonna be pretty good again not a fan of how the protagonist looks but yeah you know it is what it is uh you know and, and it's not my game to make it's not my you need to decide who what the protagonist looks like and you know it just looks kind of generic it's but it's fine you know, I'm not going to worry too much about that. Um, so then we next, uh, they, they talked a little bit about Apex Legends new season, some of that, some of the items, how they're going to rework and make the next season better. They go on to say, here's the next uh, release for Battlefield 5. Uh, not really very interesting stuff to me. They show FIFA 20, they show Madden 20. I mean, these are all things that they come out every year and they show us montages every year. I, it's fine. They are what they are, but it just seems kind of pointless. And then they closed with, sims 4 island living which so it's a new sims 4 expansion where you're on like uh uh you know like a resort similar very much to sims 2 castaway <laughs> i don't i don't know it just like it just seems like they're just making a new sims game then they release kind of all the same expansions like here's pets here's island living like we already played this though in sims 2 but okay uh and so you know so that that's ea essentially in a nutshell and it was it was pretty weak you know and and uh and yeah yeah i don't know it just it just they didn't do anything to wow me i guess so then you move on and you get over to like uh bethesda now bethesda has good franchise we know they've got skyrim they've got i can never remember the name of it but whatever that space one they're working on is but they'd already come out and said there'd be no info on the new elder scrolls no new info on the space rpg and you're like, okay. So then the first thing they show is Elder Scrolls Blades coming to, I think it's coming to Nintendo Switch. I don't know if they made that announcement here or later, but they basically announced it's coming to Nintendo Switch. So it's a it's a mediocre mobile game coming to Nintendo Switch. Like, there's a lot of them out there, though. <laughs> uh, they talked about Fallout 76 changes coming, um, adding, like, that, uh, that BR mode or whatever. Then they did show a new game, though, Ghostwire Tokyo, which actually looks pretty good. Um, I, I actually, I... I'm going to kind of play this uh, trailer in the background here and just kind of get, get a glimpse. But it was, uh, this is pretty cool. And, and so it looks like there's some sort of like almost, uh, uh, I forget the name of the show, but like basically just a whole bunch of people just disappear as you're about to see here. And so then there's this almost like this feeling of like a post-apocalyptic kind of feel. And then there's this, I don't know, there's a lot going on here. Um, but the game itself, I don't think they really talk much about it. Like they don't really show much gameplay in the trailer. It's all just kind of, stuff um but it looks pretty cool and this is one of those things i want to say they had gameplay footage of this on the show floor maybe um i didn't see any though all i've really seen was this so here's all the people kind of like fading out <laughs> disappearing the leftovers that's the show i was thinking uh and so they just kind of disappear and, and everything and that's you know that's sad <laughs> and then uh there seems to be some sort of menace these guys look awesome uh there's this really weird kind of uh 
like mixing the old with the new because then they show something like that and then they show you know a bowl of ramen in a computer screen so there's a i, I definitely want to know more about this um but it looks pretty awesome and then you get this kind of pseudo uh hawkeye ronin vibe going on from avengers endgame <laughs> but it looks pretty awesome yeah yeah i'll play that i'll mess around with that ghostwire tokyo uh and then so then they showed the new expansion for elder scrolls online uh, i don't know i just i never pulled me in then they shocked people and unfortunately not necessarily in a good way they shocked people with a new Commander Keen game, which at first you're like, okay, Commander Keen is is like this great old point-and-click adventure. What the hell is this? <laughs> right? Like, Commander Keen was a cool, like, awesome old game, and now it's a... You... What? <laughs> it's a mobile game that just looks, <laughs> looks terrible. <laughs> so I understand wanting to bring people, you know... <laughs> what is happening in this game? This looks so bad. It just does not look good. Anyway, it's fine. I'm not here to rip on people on E3. It's probably going to be a fun game. It's fine. But what I don't understand is if you're going to bring a franchise back, I don't understand bringing it back, but then changing it so much it doesn't appeal to the people you'd be bringing it back for. You know? I know I just found that kind of weird. And that just seems to be something that's happening a lot. Uh, and then they talked about Elder Scrolls Legends, which I don't even think I know what this is. I don't think I saw this. What is this? Oh, not commercials. No ads. Oh, boo. Wait, it's not an ad. It's the trailer. <laughs> Whoops, my bad. <laughs> uh, okay, so what is this? I'm just trying to scoot ahead here. Um, it's a mobile game, I guess. Oh, well, uh, it, didn't, it didn't grab my attention in the five seconds I was looking at it. But anyway, um, Elder Scrolls Legends was announced, and then they showed... Um, uh, like a Rage 2 expansion. You know, we're still going headstrong on the expansions keep games alive they talked about the uh wolfenstein youngblood which i actually do think is a pretty cool idea for an expansion so that could be cool if you're into the wolfenstein games uh death loop is an all new game uh by arcane if i remember correctly and uh and so that looks pretty cool um again a lot of this stuff is is cinematic so there's not really a whole lot going on there uh you don't really get to see what's happening uh it is uh arcane studios though uh, Arcane Studios uh, did Dishonored, and and so they've got a track record for making pretty pretty high quality stuff. Uh, so I'll have to see. And this is like, you know, this would be good. I, I don't know. It, again, until you see actual gameplay, not cinematic trailers, it's hard to say. But I think it's got potential. So they showed that off. That's uh, that's Deathloop, and then they talked. This got a little weird. So then they talked about Orion, and Orion is a technology that um is being created by Bethesda to help with game streaming in the future. So they know that one day, or they, they're banking on the fact that one day in the future, all games are going to be streaming online. Like you won't even download anything. Right. And so they're saying we're working on technology built into our games. We've got this technology called Orion that basically will aid in that process. So they're, even the developers are working hard to make streaming a real thing. So I mean, that that's going to be important to the success of streaming is the developers being on board, not just making the games the old way and then hoping that it all works out. And then they closed with uh, some Doom Eternal gameplay and, and the gameplay, you know, it looks uh, it looks good. I mean, it's it's Doom, you know, uh, it's fast and uh, like it's supposed to be. I'm sure it'll be fun. I I I played the Doom reboot 
uh, I don't know if it's a reboot technically, but I played like the Doom whatever uh, that came out a few years ago, and it was fun. But I didn't necessarily love like the spastic, like you got to be running full speed at all times sort of mentality. I'd rather just kind of methodically go through a level, take out enemies in the order I want to take them out in, stuff like that. Um, but it looks amazing. Like I do love that Doom is coming back stronger than I think when they came out with like Doom 3. And so there's some really cool stuff here. Uh, I mean, like in, graphically very impressive as you look at all this stuff. I know on the podcast listeners, you can't see it. But if you if you get a chance to watch the gameplay footage of of Doom, it just looks it just looks good. Um, and it looks fun. And, uh, and so I'll probably play it, you know, and, and if it's got a good story, I'll, 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 I'll mess around with it. So that, that though was pretty much Bethesda as well. So you're like, well, why does, why did EA and Bethesda both do a conference almost even? I mean, it just seems kind of silly, um, when they had such little to show, like you could have shown all this stuff in YouTube trailer reveals and stuff like that. You could have made a big event out of it, had a countdown timer on your website. I mean, I know this is the time of year when a lot of eyes are on the gaming industry. So that's like a time when a lot of people want to be in on it, but I don't know. It just seems weird to me that they, that they bother, I guess. Um, and so then we go on to, and so that was kind of your wrap up of Sunday. If, if you're keeping along with the days. So EA was Saturday and then Sunday was, um, technically Sunday was Microsoft, um, Bethesda and yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Devolver technically. <laughs> um, but, uh, Devolver is always a great one. Um, but, uh, the Xbox one we're going to talk about separately. So that's kind of your Sunday. And then Monday you kind of start during the day with Ubisoft and then you end the day with, uh, Square Enix. And then that's where we're going to end kind of this portion of the podcast, but, uh, and this video talking about the end of Monday. So then we get to Ubisoft and they, they open with DLC for steep. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm sure people play this game or they wouldn't make DLC for it. I just don't see the appeal. Uh, now trials rising is a great game. They talked about their season two of that. So they talk about, but at this point you're like, okay, we're just like, there's nothing new yet. Like you, I don't know if they're just kind of warming you up, but they haven't really hit you with anything. Then they talk about Assassin's Creed Odyssey story creator mode. That's, that's neat. But again, it's another add on for a game that's already out. So I think it's cool though. I think that's really fun. They talk about spectator mode for for honor. And you're like, okay, <laughs> like we're still, we're still on like the first four things they talked about were, were add ons and extra modes and things for current games that have been out for a while. And then though, they hit us with uh, watchdogs Legion. Um, and so actually, you know, let's do the demo. Um, the, so they hit us with Watch Dogs Legion, which is the third Watch Dogs game. Okay. And if you played the first Watch Dogs and you were a little disappointed, that's fine. A lot of people were, so don't feel bad about that. Um, but the second one was a really big improvement over the first one. And just like with Assassin's Creed two was a big jump over Assassin's Creed one. There were just some quality of life changes, little things. The third one kind of does the same thing. And it's another huge leap for the series. This looks pretty cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to try this out. And the idea of the Legion is that you can recruit anybody in the game. And so you recruit these different people and you can have them fight for you, but then they can die and it'll kind of tell you what's going on. So I don't know if we're going to see some here. So he's running around, he's fighting stuff. Um, and then once you die, like you almost have like an inventory of people. So this person just died. I think that's what's happening here. It looks like it. And then, so it says Ian Robshaw was killed in action. Permadeath. So he's gone forever. And then you go back to like your, when you lay him to rest. So that's really sad. And then you go, to, now this is your, these are the characters you've recruited. And so I believe they level up and everything. And so this is really weird kind of 
now they switched to this uh, grandma, which is just hilarious too. But they, uh, so so the the premise is really neat, and so I, I think this this has some legs. This could do really well. Um, it, it's a neat concept, and it was a neat way to take the franchise because it was something that a lot of people weren't necessarily investing in, and had dropped off considerably, I think, since Watch Dogs Two. Even though Watch Dogs Two is really good, don't sleep on that game. Um, so yeah, Watch Dogs Legion was kind of their first like, bam, we got something to show you and then they go on to show mythic quest raven's banquet that's like a new show oh yeah so this was weird so this was um if you if you watch always sunny in philadelphia mac the character there i think his name's uh rob mchenry or i forget i i should have known his name uh but i do love that show and so they've got a new show coming and the new show is basically what it's like to be like a high level game publisher executive sort of thing and so ubisoft announced it with them even though it's kind of funny because who they're making fun of is essentially ea ubisoft activision so um but that's like a new show coming but that was so it was weird to see but it was you know it'll probably you know it'll be funny if it's genuine my problem with shows like that is they often try to ham in a bunch of people that like like jokes that are about gamers but not really for people who play games so like they don't make sense or anyone who's really into games is like it just feels disingenuous I kind of feel like they did that in the later seasons of Big Bang Theory. Like they just had a bunch of writers who, who, who were making fun of nerds instead of actually like trying to make jokes for us nerds. I guess if if that makes sense to you. Um, and then they went on to show here's uh, Rainbow Siege. There's uh, a new Rainbow Siege expansion. They do a Brawlhalla and Adventure Time crossover. They talk about Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint, another expansion. Uh, then there's Tom Clancy's Elite Squad. It's like what the hell is this? Oh, it's a mobile game where it's got the heroes of the Ubisoft universe. <laughs> so you've got uh you know um sam fisher uh the guy one of the guys from rainbow six a girl from the division i don't know looks really stupid to be honest and very minimalistic graphics but whatever it's not for me that's okay Uh, i don't like it but i'm sure somebody will and it's fine um i don't know why they don't have tom clancy as a playable character (laughs) just put tom clancy in the game so tom clancy's elite squad um then they showed off the new just dance it'll be good just dance games are always fun they showed an expansion for For Honor, The Shadow of the Hitokiri. Looks awesome. Another add-on. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Quarantine. Um, and then they show the next, uh, the year one uh, stuff for Division 2. So you, you can see kind of a pattern here, right? It's all they have to show off is more subscription model stuff. Then the Uplay subscription service they talk about. <laughs> so here's a, hey, you know EA Access? You can pay us for the same sort of thing, but play all the Ubisoft games. So this is getting very quickly out of hand, just as bad as TV channels trying to have their own streaming service. We don't, we didn't love streaming services when we had to buy 10 subscriptions. You know, we liked them when we had one place like Netflix to bring us all together. So everyone breaking off thinks that they're going to make their own money. But when you're really doing is creating so much more competition and, uh, Ugh, it's just not good. Uh, then they showed off Roller Champions, which is this kind of new, like, uh, you know, Rocket League slash uh, Rollerball kind of uh, competitive game. Looks awesome. I want to play that. I, I need to play that still, but, you know, find the time here. Uh, and then Gods and Monsters they kind of closed out with. So there's uh, there was, you know, I guess uh, I can't watch in my country. Great. That's the only problem I think with this website is it's, I don't think it's based in the U.S. So some of these videos are region locked, um, which isn't good. But uh, so Gods and Monsters looked, you know, kind of neat. I watched this presser. It was OK. But again, like when they start droning on about expansions for games that are already out, I just kind of lose it, especially games I don't have interest in. Now, if I had interest in the game, it might be different. Um, and then 
you know, let's let's talk about it. So Square Enix closes out Monday. They start with Life is Strange 2. And you're like, okay, and there's this really cool, like they show the Captain Underpants kid, and they're showing like kind of these things they've put all kind of coming together. And so Life is Strange 2, I personally just didn't really like the first game. It didn't grab me. So I have no interest in that, but I know a lot of people really liked it. Um, and then, of course, they just dropped the hammer. Um, as you can see, Square Enix isn't a little into foreplay, but not a whole lot because they warm you up a little bit, and then they smash you. And they just went, just dove headfirst into the Final Fantasy VII Remake stuff, which looks incredible. They did an extended trailer where they finally showed off Tifa, which was a thing apparently everyone was clamoring for. It's like, I don't know. You know she's in the game. I don't know why you have to see it. But uh, the Final Fantasy VII Remake looks awesome. They talked about how combat works, how it's like live action, but then you can get into these like paused or slowed menus. Um and so I, I I am excited for it still. However, there was a little more confusion about how it's going to work. And I talked about this on the podcast last week. But basically, what it looks like now is that Final Fantasy VII Remake is a $60 game. It will cover all the way through the Midgar portion of the game. Which, if I remember correctly, I said last week, I want to say is like maybe a third of the way through the game to a halfway through the game. Um, not counting all the extra stuff. And then so if they do two more games, essentially you're paying $180 for the Final Fantasy VII Remake. it's It feels a little ridiculous, but I don't know. If it's good, it's good. And if it's that long, like if each part gives me 50 to 60 hours of gameplay, then that's a $60 game to me. I'm fine with that. You know, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. And maybe we'll get lucky and it'll just be two parts. You know, I'd be totally fine with that. But I am totally expecting to see Final Fantasy VII-2, <laughs> you know, and Final Fantasy VII-3. Ugh. Ugh. Um, then they then, then they just really start to slip back a little bit into the stuff no one cares about. <laughs> so they're doing a remastered version of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Eh. I didn't really like the GameCube game, so I won't play this one. They talked about Octopath Traveler on PC, which Octopath was a fun game. Um, but like now the PC version is still 60 bucks. <laughs> so I don't, I guess, I don't know what you had to do to make it work on the PC that was much different from having it work on the Switch. But uh, then they talk about Last Remnant Remastered, which I always thought was a decent game on the 360 but it wasn't great uh i think it's on the ps3 in japan but i don't think we ever got it in the ps3 here um but last remnant remastered then they talked about uh dragon quest builders 2 which actually dragon quest builders is really fun it, if you think it's just like a minecraft ripoff you're totally wrong it's it's very very fun check that out and they also talked about um uh, Dragon Quest Nine Definitive Edition coming to the Switch. So they added basically some Dragon Quest games that have already been out coming to the Switch. Uh, the Circuit Superstars, you know, that's they showed kind of some indies that were like published by Square, I guess. And then Battalion 1944, which just kind of looks like Battlefield, which is totally like the originals, which is totally fine. They obviously talk about the uh, Final Fantasy XIV newest expansion, Shadowbringers, uh, which which looks pretty cool. Um, they showed some Dying Light 2. and then they had some interesting announcements. So then they talked about uh, romance they, they're bringing romancing saga 3 to the states for the first time which is a which is a really really good rpg i've played a few translated super famicom roms it's pretty good and then saga scarlet grace is like a new saga game uh and so that looked you know that that i didn't like as much because they didn't really have the old sprite look they went with this you know minimalistic 3d cell shaded kind of look which is very common nowadays and uh and so they talk about that and that's you know so that that's a new game that's cool um and then uh, they talk about the new the Final Fantasy Mobile game, like, branching out, and you're like, okay, whatever. Then they talked about this game, Outriders, which I hate to say, it just looks so generic. And I hope that there is something that separates it and sets it apart. But in this trailer, it just looked really, really basic. Um, this Oninaki, I don't even remember that. Uh, I think it was, like, another, like, Japanese RPG looked cool. Then they really shocked us with announcing the remaster of Final, of Final Fantasy VIII 
coming out. So there's always been rumors, and I'd love to hear the actual story and know what the actual truth is, but there were rumors for a long time that they couldn't remaster 8 because they didn't have the original files. Um, and and there, there are some interesting stories about how Japan didn't really do a lot of like solid code sorting. Like oftentimes they would print off the code and store it in paper, but they wouldn't do physical backups or hard copy backups of actual code. So there was rumors that the code had been lost to this game. So whether they took, you know, the PC version from IDOS and somehow were able to, to patchwork, we don't know. Um, but it's an interesting story that someone's going to tell someday and I can't wait to hear it. And then lastly, they closed out with Marvel's Avengers. Now Avengers is something that they announced last week. They didn't really show anything. And so they showed off the trailer. And I'm just going to be honest, I'm not impressed. It it looks not that great to me, but it's not necessarily that it doesn't look good. Maybe I shouldn't say it that way. But someone said it best when they said, I think it was a Kotaku article that said it just feels off. And so when I really put my brain to it and thought, why does it feel off? I think I figured it out. And I think part of the problem is they they really wanted this realistic look of the cinematic universe that the MCU created, right? The the MC the Marvel created with the MCU, and it seemed like that's what they're going for. Like Iron Man looks like Iron Man from the movies. Um, Cap really doesn't. Scarlet Witch is wearing like the exact same outfit. The Hulk looks almost identical to the movies when he's in Hulk form. And so then you're like, okay. Well, then when you see their faces looking like a different actor and their voices are different, it's it's weird and off-putting because you're expecting them almost to be like the characters from the movies. And so I think that was a little bit of a miss on their part. I think they should have went a little more stylistic or made them look a little different, a little more different from the movie. So I don't know. That's my only concern with it. And, and I'll, I have to say, too, I think the character models look just a little generic. You know, for the same studio that's putting out, like, Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider and, you know, the, the teams that did, like, Deus Ex, I mean, I don't know. Just this feels very generic to me. And that's really disappointing because I think it could look better. And I think they could do original take on enemies. I thought Batman Arkham series did a really good job with that, like, their take on the Joker and their take on Penguin and their take on Two-Face. Like, I thought that was all really good. Um, even their take on Batman, you know, it just looks really good. Uh, Spider-Man for PS4, like they just had this really original look. And I know it's a little different because you're not really seeing his face often, but they had a totally separate Peter Parker. You know, like they didn't try to make him look like the movies. And I think that was a good thing. Here it almost feels like they tried to to walk that line of the movies in the in the game. And I think it's going to end up not working in their favor um, because it just looks almost too much like it. So I don't know. So we'll see. I definitely want to play that game before I before I completely destroy it. And, and talk trash about it because an Avengers game would be awesome, especially a multiplayer Avengers game. And if they do the combat very cinematically and you can, you know, you can, you can fly around and then your other partners will be in there to help you. It could be really cool. And so uh, it, it could be, it could be good. And I, I want it to be good, um, but we'll have to see. I don't know. Like, again, it just, they, they tried to make everything so like the movies and then they complain, you know, or then, then they're, then, then it makes us feel weird because they don't, look like the movies <laughs> so um so yeah we'll have to see but the voice because the voice acting cast is is an all-star crew i mean the voice actors are going to be great for that um but you know as it were it just i don't know i don't know and that closed out squares presser and, and and it was good like i thought it was fine i think they had more original stuff to show than ea ubisoft or 
Bethesda. And so it made sense to me, not to mention, obviously, the Final Fantasy VII stuff. Like, that could have been its own press conference, probably. Like, just talk about Final Fantasy VII for a half hour. <laughs> that would have been the most watched thing ever. Um, so we'll have to see how that all kind of played out. But that was kind of the first couple of days of E3. That was my recap of, once more, it was EA, it was Ubisoft, Square, and I always forget one. Square, Ubisoft, Bethesda, and EA. That was our recap of those. All right. And so next up, we're going to talk about the Microsoft press conference. So Microsoft started on... They started on Sunday. And actually, if you if you watch our Drop Rate YouTube channel, you'll know that I actually did this live. I watched it live with my buddy John. So we, commenta we did commentary over the whole thing. It was fine. Um, it was it was good. I mean, I have to realistically say it was probably Microsoft's best conference in years. I think they had a lot of original games to show. They got the reveals since Sony wasn't here. They got to show off the AAA games. Like they got the cool stuff because Sony decided not to come to E3. And so they, there's uh, there was some pretty cool stuff. Um, and so they opened with uh, Outer Worlds, which is the new game by um, the creators of Fallout New Vegas. Uh, and and so um, Obsidian, uh, and so they they know how to make and this game basically looks like Fallout New Vegas in space. So I'm very curious how this is gonna how this is gonna be. And the best part about this site too is it tells you actually what's an Xbox Game Pass game. So I'm a little bummed out because Outer Worlds I don't even necessarily have to buy it to play it because I have Xbox Game Pass. So I'll play this for free, Bleeding Edge for free, Ori and the Will of Wisps for free, Minecraft Dungeon for free. <laughs> like these are all ones I'm gonna play for free. Um, so Outer Wilds looks good. I'm I'm excited for that. Bleeding Edge is is a new game from the team that did Enslaved, DMC, Heavenly Sword, uh, uh, Senua, uh, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, uh, Ninja Theory. They were one of the acquisitions announced last year by Microsoft that they had been purchased. And so when they talk about a new game, it's hard to get excited when they talk about a new game that's a four-on-four -four online multiplayer battle game. Because that, to me is like, well, aren't they known for doing great single-player narrative experiences? So why is their first thing this weird kind of experimental? I don't know. It could be great, and I'm not saying it's not going to be, and I do want to play it, but it is frustrating to me when, like, I was expecting Ninja Theory to be working on something really original as their first Xbox game out the gate, or maybe even Microsoft puts them on one of their franchises. What if they put them on a Fable game or something, right? Uh, even though that's what we think the Forza team's working on, the Forza Horizon team's working on, but just like I wasn't expecting the team that makes great single player story driven experiences to announce a four on four battle game. Uh, then they showed Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Ori uh, was a great game. Uh, play it. And the, this is a sequel looks even better. So I'm going to definitely play that. Uh, this was kind of a surprise Minecraft Dungeons. So Minecraft Dungeons is basically a Diablo clone, but in the Minecraft universe. So it's isometric view. You run around as little Minecraft guys and you fight enemies and then they drop loot just like you would in Diablo, except it looks like Minecraft. So, eh, you know, kind of neat. Uh, they showed off some more Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Then they shocked me with this one. I actually thought it was a new Silent Hill game. They showed a guy driving in a car. It looked just like the dude from Silent Hill 2. And then all of a sudden it ends up, you know, going through this handy cam camera and doing a bunch of stuff. And then you see a person in the corner of a room and you're like, wait a minute, that's like the end of Blair Witch. And then it zooms out and it shows the Blair Witch symbol. So they're straight up making a new Blair Witch video game for the Xbox one. Um, that's cool. I mean, I don't, I, who, why? <laughs> that's just my question. Why? Um, and then one of my favorite parts of all of E3 this year was the cyberpunk, uh, 
Keanu Reeves reveal. And so they show this trailer, which let me tell you right now, Cyberpunk is the number one most anticipated game I have. It is just all I want to play. I cannot wait for this. I think it's going to be incredible. And so there's, they kind of do this story trailer where your character gets killed or beat up or whatever. And then this is kind of the end of it. So this was cool. So your system's rebooting and you kind of wake up in a junkyard, which is kind of neat, right? Because you're a lot of your, in cyberpunk, a lot of your machinery. And then this guy comes along and he's like, you know, get up samurai, you know, we got a city to burn or something. And it's Keanu Reeves, you know, and it was such a cool reveal. And it was, uh, they went on later to reveal as well that, He's not just a, like a one-time show-up thing. He's a main character throughout the entire game. That's so cool. Like, I'm so glad that uh, that they got him for that because he's one of those people that sometimes when you have real people in games, it pulls you out of the game. But he just fits for me. Like, that role, I think he's going to be great. And I just I think that's going to be awesome. And, and Keanu Reeves came on stage and did a thing. And uh, you could tell that he's not really much of a gamer. Like, he, he was... I don't want to say he was pandering, but he was doing it... Like, he knew that he you know, was supposed to read this stupid script that was on a teleprompter. And so he was really hamming it up, but I think it, it made it work. And so, uh, so he came out there and did that. And of course he had the moment where someone screamed, you know, um, he, um, you know, screamed something at him and then he screamed it back and it was, you know, and it was, it was great. And you're like, eh, I really do wish though that, that press people at press conferences weren't screaming and hooping and hollering like a bunch of like crazed fans. It seems a little weird to me. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy a good reveal and clap for it and be excited, but it just seems weird that you've got like these, these, these like woo, woo people like, woo. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> like what's the, what, you're, you're supposed to be there to report on the press information, but go ahead and woo. <clears throat> so let me go on to this spirit fair game. Looked kind of neat. It was like an indie, um, not don't know a lot about it so we'll have to see uh then they went on to show battle toads now they briefly briefly just showed a flicker last year and so this year they show us battle toads and um i gotta be honest i hate the art style i just hate it i'm sorry i I, it looks like a good three-player beat-em-up i think the art style is stupid and i understand that you can make things for a new generation of kids, right? You can make battle toads for kids, but when you market battle toads towards the original players and you have the original music playing, why won't you try to make it look a little bit like the original, like this over stylized and maybe they're going for the whole franchise thing. Cause the way this looks almost like a cartoon, they could probably just make a battle toads cartoon and, and kind of launch it alongside this. And, and it'd probably be, you know, people would probably like it, but a little disappointing how it looks. I'll most likely still play it though. Three player couch co-op beat them up. Of course I'll be there. And if the action's good and the animation's really good, it'll be fine. You know, it just, uh, I don't know. I just kind of looked at that and just did not like it right away. Uh, they showed some game called legend of right. Um, looked kind of cool. It's like this hand drawn, like, like sketching on a piece of paper, kind of art style. It's kind of neat. Um, then they talked about the Xbox game pass and the PC game pass and like the ultimate game pass and how that all counts for like, you can sign up for a buck and then, um, you know, whatever. And so they talked about that and how the PC game pass will be $5 a month, or you get Xbox live and regular game pass and PC game pass all for $15 a month. Um, but you can sign up for a dollar and here's a little tip if you didn't hear this yet. So if you have Xbox live right now and you sign up for the ultimate, you pay $1, it extends all the way through your current Xbox Live subscription. So if you have a year left on your Xbox, you pay $1. That pushes you with the ultimate Xbox Live experience all the way out for that whole year for a dollar. So definitely worth getting if you have a lot of <laughs> a lot of time left on your uh, Xbox Live. And I, mine was only good through, I think, October, but it was still a good deal for me. Um, so then they showed, and this was actually was a huge surprise to me. They're making a new Microsoft Flight Simulator. 
and they're using like actual map, like a Google map accurate data and they're trying to make the cities bigger and more accurate. That could be really cool. Um, I was never a fan of the old ones cause they were a simulator and I always wanted more action, but I could see that being really neat, especially if there's multiplayer and you can like fly around with your friends. That'd, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, and pretty spectacular crashes. <laughs> um, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition they showed off, and I think that's also coming to the Xbox, not just the PC. They showed Wasteland 3, um, which looks awesome. I mean, Wasteland's good. Um, they're going for a little more of the humor style, too. Uh, like, I, I like the original Fallout games, and this is... Fallout was essentially based on Wasteland, and then, you know, Fallout obviously is owned by Bethesda now, so... The creators, the original creators of that who went on to do, I think it's in exile, I think. And then so they just what they went on to be like, hey, we have wasteland property still. So we'll just make our wasteland game and call it like Fallout. call it like Fallout. Uh Then they revealed uh, not only Psychonauts 2, but that they had purchased Double Fine. So Tim Schafer's game company, Double Fine, that made Psychonauts 2 or that's working on it, got purchased by Microsoft. So that's uh, that's a new game coming to the Xbox. Uh, another kind of surprise reveal they showed was uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. That was um, that was like a complete Lego Star Wars game, uh, which you know we haven't had a new Lego Star Wars game since Force Awakens. So I guess it was kind of neat to throw in like, and I'm assuming it's going to also include the the Last Skywalker storyline. So they'll be able to have like every Star Wars, every Star Wars movie, like all nine, will be incorporated into this game. So that could be cool. Um, they showed off that Dragon Ball Z RPG project. It's called Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. That looks good. Uh, they showed a game called 12 Minutes, which was weird. It was almost like Groundhog's Day, where you, every time you die, you come back, and you have to like change and do things a little different, so that could be cool. Um, and then they got into some stuff like Gears 5. I, just, I personally just don't care about Gears. And all they really announced was a few new game modes for it, which did look cool, but I don't know. They didn't show any story stuff at all. Um, Elect Xbox Elite Controller version 2 is coming out. So they're making a more better elite controller and a more expensive elite controller $180 for a controller my god and uh and it's finally one of the advertisements they're they're promoting is that uh it finally has a rechargeable battery built in <laughs> it's like man welcome to 2019 where you finally microsoft finally has rechargeable batteries in their controllers um showed some dying light 2 they showed a lego add-on for forza they showed an add-on for state of decay 2 they showed that Gears of War pop game for mobile phones. Couldn't care less. Then they came out swinging with this shocker. Fantasy Star Online 2 is coming to the Xbox first. So finally, after like seven years, this game is coming stateside. And it's coming to Xbox first. All right. That's good. That's good news. Fantasy Star is cool. I, I hope the game holds up seven years later, though. And I don't, it's tough to me. Like, if we're going to be playing on servers with people who have been playing for the last seven years in other regions, like, how's that? Like, is that going to be fun for us to join a game with seven-year players on it? I don't know. Uh, they showed, a, a like, a, a new kind of war game, Crossfire X, coming to Xbox. Uh, they showed a new Tales game from Bandai Namco, Tales of Arise. That could be cool. Uh, then they showed off some Borderlands 3 stuff. And this was stuff, unfortunately, a lot of the um, Bando, uh, Bandai Namco stuff leaked early. But they showed uh, Elden Ring, which was the new From Software game that's being written with George R.R. R. Martin. Um, personally, I, I don't, I don't play these games for their story. Their stories are kind of cool, but you have to discover them on your own. So I'm worried that like, they just got George RR R. Martin to, to, to like help with the game just so they could put his name on it. It just seems kind of strange. Like, I wonder if they sat down for like one day and were like, Oh, here's a cool thing about 
worlds and here's a cool idea here's a cool idea and then that was it you know uh then they talked a bit more about project x cloud which more details are coming about that um then they talked a little bit about project scarlet so they still don't have a full reveal or a name for the new xbox system it's just still called project scarlet uh and then they've closed the show with halo infinite all cg it was like a story trailer it's fine i'm not a halo guy I fell off the hell the halo wagon years ago um but you know it's it's Halo, so people get excited for it. I'm almost more excited for the Master Chief Collection coming to PC so I can play, like, the old games online. I'm, like, more excited for that than I am for the, a new Halo, personally. But for all the Halo fans that have been waiting, I hope it comes out, and I hope it's as good as you want it to be, and, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, and then that was kind of the closer for Microsoft's show, which, again, to recap, this was Microsoft's best show in years. They, had, they got all the third-party exclusive stuff first because Sony wasn't there. They, they had a ton of stuff to reveal because they have they purchased some studios last year. They had a bunch of exclusives to reveal. This this was a good show. And any like I was hearing a lot of people who are Xbox fans feel disappointed. And I just don't know. I don't know what else you could have expected, really. I mean, this was about as good of a show as Microsoft can put on. So if you were expecting something better than this, I think your expectations are unrealistic. <laughs> because it, it, this was about as good as they can do with what they had. Like, yeah, would we like to see a new Fable? Sure. But they have to save something for next year, right? So, um, but that was Microsoft's, uh, a nice little, uh, overview of Microsoft's press conference. All right. <clears throat> and then to close out, we're going to talk about, um, oh, let me, let me reboot that a little bit here. Excuse me. One second. Yeah, get all, get all geared up here. All right, here we go. And then lastly on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about the Nintendo press conference. So right away before I begin, I have to say, without a doubt, this was the most fun to watch. This had the most interesting titles for me. And I say that with Microsoft having a fairly strong showing, I thought Nintendo came out with an excellent, excellent uh, series of stuff. And there's some stuff that I don't care about, but there was some really great stuff. So let's go through it. So um, <laughs> first... They, 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 uh, oh man, where do we even begin with this? Cause this is all, whoops. What are we doing here? Okay. Um, I might have to reset this again because. Um, hold on. Hey, the live podcast, everybody, right? Here we go. It's always, always a thing. Um, Yeah, I guess I'll just do it by the press conference since that just seems to be easier. I wanted to show some later stuff, but it's fine. Okay, so here we go. And lastly on the podcast today, we're going to talk about the Switch conference. And and I have to say that this was probably my favorite conference to watch. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I watched it all in real time, just like I did the Microsoft one. And Microsoft, actually, I thought had a pretty strong showing. But Nintendo had more things that I care about. So we'll just kind of go through... Uh, and talk about what we thought. So first, they announced that the new Smash Brothers Ultimate character coming was the Dragon Quest hero from Eleven, and then they showed that. The, and I'm thinking it's what they call like those, um, those like ghost characters or whisper characters, or whatever. Like they have the shades, and they did other Dragon Quest characters, like from it looked like from like six, seven, eight, nine, I think, or something like that. And so they showed that off, and and I think a lot of people were really disappointed because there were a lot of crazy rumors, like. Oh, Master Chief. It's going to be Master Chief. It's going to be Crash Bandicoot. It's going to be Spyro, you know. And, and so you got the Dragon Quest fighter. 
Not that that's a bad thing, but I think it let a few people down a little bit. Uh, then they went right into Luigi's Mansion 3. And I have to say, like, it'll it'll be fun. I think Luigi's Mansion will be fun. They're adding multiplayer, which looks great. Ton of online modes. Like, that, it looks like a complete game to me. The problem with some of Nintendo's Switch releases, especially the ports, they don't feel like complete games. Or they release something that just feels like half thought out, you know, and, and with Luigi's Mansion 3, it's not like that. In fact, Luigi's Mansion 3 looks really, really good. Um, and so I'm definitely going to play that. That looks excellent. Then they went on to show a dark, dark crystal tactics game. <laughs> so dark crystal was a Jim Henson series. Like it was a movie from way back when, and then Netflix is bringing out like a new series. And so they're making a game exclusive for the switch, which is a tactics game based in the dark crystal universe. <laughs> so very strange, but it's cool. Uh, then they talked about uh, Legends of Zelda Link's Awakening. Um, so they showed more footage of that. It looks incredible. They talked about, I think there's a dungeon creator. I mean, th that game is going to be packed, and I, I, I'm really excited to play it. I know a lot of people are complaining a little bit about the graphics. I have no problem with it. I think it's cute. I think it's fine, and, and, I, and I think it's going to be good. Uh, then they went on to announce that the, uh, that the Secret of Mana trilogy was coming to the Switch, in the U.S. finally, so in English, which is awesome. It's coming out. It was digitally available that day, and it's coming out physical in August. And then they announced Trials of Mana, which is really confusing because that's that's basically Seiken Densetsu 3, which a lot of us know as Secret of Mana 2. But they're remaking it completely. And what I've been reading about is that it's not actually going to be multiplayer, which was part of the hook of secret of mana like secret of mana one you could play three players if you had a multi-tab you could play three players in that game and then you could play two players in uh secret of mana two or sagan and setsu three uh then they announced i almost fell out of my chair witcher three coming to the switch which i have to admit is not gonna look the greatest but i am impressed they're able to get it on there and what i really like is that cd project red is putting it onto one 32 gigabyte switch cart so you don't have to download anything. You don't, you know, you don't have, it's not like the spiral collection where you get one game and you have to download the other two. The complete game is going to be on that cart. And that, that costs them more money to get those carts made, but they knew that was the right thing to do for the customer. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, then they talked, they showed some more fire emblem, three houses stuff that's coming soon. Then they announced resident evil five and six coming to the switch, which are arguably the worst resident evil games in the main story, not counting like spinoffs, like, um, you know, uh, the bad shooters and stuff like that. Um, Operation Raccoon City, stuff like that. Then they showed No More Heroes 3. So I feel bad for everybody who bought Travis Strikes Back <laughs> and thinking it was No More Heroes 3 because they straight up are making a new No More Heroes. Looks great. Uh, then they showed off a new Contra game called Contra Rogue Core. And I'm going to be honest, it looks really bad. I It doesn't look anything like Contra to me. It doesn't look fun. They're trying to go wacky. You could tell they're trying to go with the theme of like Contra Hardcore where they had different characters that had different abilities and different, but it's a third person behind camera, like dead set behind you kind of shooter. Ugh, no, 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 thank you. Uh, then they announced the Contra Anniversary Collection coming to the Switch, which has like, I think seven or eight Contra games on it. That'll be cool. They showed more of that Damon X Machina game that they showed last year. That looks pretty cool. It's kind of like a, almost like an armored core, anime armored core. That looks fun. Uh, they showed a remake of Panzer Dragoon. So like the original Saturn Panzer Dragoon getting a remake uh, with kind of a new look. Uh, then they showed more of the Platinum Games game Astral Chain. I'm very inter uh, interested in that. Good hack and, uh, hack and slash game where you actually like find enemies and you chain with them. And then you get like some new abilities based on what they have. Uh, so that'll be pretty cool. Um, this Empire of Sin game, didn't really know much about it. Just kind of looks like a, like a top-down 
am I thinking right? I think this is the one I'm thinking of. It kind of looked like a top-down... Um, is there any gameplay in here? Yeah, kind of like a top-down like simulator like a like a like gangsters or uh like some of those type of games but it's uh <laughs> but it's uh yeah i don't know doesn't doesn't didn't really grab me as you can clearly tell since i can't remember any of it uh they went over some more stuff with marvel ultimate alliance 3 uh they talked about cadence of hyrule so that was the crypt of the necrodancer add-on where you get to play as link or zelda and if you've never played uh crypt of the necrodancer it's kind of a fun i'd almost say it's it's like a rhythm it's a rhythm game because you have to move with the beat of the music to do like different attacks. And when you move, like the enemies move, there's really weird kind of cadence going on. It's really, really neat. Uh, check it out sometime. If you ever find it really cheap, you'll, you'll really like it. Now uh, they talked about a new Mario and Sonic at the Olympic games. We all knew that was coming. Uh, and then they, they did show off the new animal crossing. Uh, and it came with some good news and some bad news, but they showed off animal crossing new horizons. They gave it a name. Um, so that's the good news. The good news is also that it looks almost like a survival game. You start off almost stranded on like a deserted island, similarly to um, almost like a like a ark or something like that, right? But then you uh, you you cook things. You like you create a lot more in this. You you scavenge things that you combine to make things with. So a lot more in depth than previous Animal Crossing. Very happy about that. However, the downside is is that apparently Nintendo had to delay the game to next year and everyone was really bummed about that and the reason they cited was that they didn't they were worried about employee burnout and they didn't want to have to push and push and push to get this game out in time and so i thought that's okay i actually i mean that's that's a good reason if that's the actual reason um but uh obviously it needed more time and i'm glad if, if it means not having to just like you know work people super super hard for the next five months and you get to give them that full year to finish it I think that's a good thing. And, and I wish more companies had the money to take that time. Not everybody does. You know, some games need to come out. You know, you can't just keep delaying games forever and spending money and not getting any back. And then, then the Smash fans got exactly what they wanted. So then they announced another Super Smash Ultimate character, Banjo-Kazooie. So anyone who had a 64, this game is a staple. If you like 3D platformers, it's right up there with Donkey Kong Country and Mario 64. People love it. And so this is a neat connection between microsoft and sony microsoft owns rare microsoft owns the rights to these games and they uh and they uh allowed that character to be on there so excellent really cool and and if it you know i think what's neat about this too is this could spark them working together again or microsoft saying you know what people like this banjo kazooie guy <laughs> these banjo and kazooie guys that we should make another game so we might get lucky and get that and then and then out of nowhere nintendo just decides just to drop the hammer in, in an event that might have been as popular as the final fantasy seven reveal they started showing some gameplay that looked like breath of the wild I'm like okay so it's probably breath of the wild expansion i'm like but i'm thinking didn't they say they weren't doing any more expansions for that oh they're not oh they're not doing any more expansions folks but they are working on the sequel to breath of the wild right now so is it going to be called breath of the wild 2 no 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 they don't do that that's well i, I guess zelda 2 did that but they don't typically do that. Um, however, it is a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild. And so here it's kind of showing this awesome, like there's some creature here who's got like Ganon's dead body. I'm loving this. And then uh, so some stuff's going on. It's going to take place, my understanding, is in the same Hyrule as before. So the map will be similar. Um, which could be cool, but they need to add stuff to it. Because as much as I loved Breath of the Wild for its openness and its exploration, it did feel empty. So one, I think you got to get rid of the crappy weapon degradation. Like, give me a solid weapon I can use early on. I don't want to be having to use rakes that break after three hits 
and have an inventory full of rakes. You know what I mean? And so, but it is cool. Now they showed the two of them together. That looked sort of like an intro cinematic to me. But imagine, well, one, if Link becomes possessed and you play as Zelda for the first time in a, in a mainstream. Or imagine if it's a two-player game and you can actually play as Link and Zelda together, open world, running around fighting bosses. I think the, the possibilities are endless. And I, I whew, it could be good. It could be really good. And no, I don't think anyone was expecting that. And now, to be fair, is that game still years away? Yes. <laughs> we still, we, we, it'll be a year away when we find out the name, let alone when we don't know the name yet. So I'm, I'm assuming next year Nintendo will show a lot more about it. But it was a nice to get a little taste of it. You know, that's how you kind of do it. And that's where I think, you know, people said that Activision messed up when they didn't just show something for Diablo 4. All you had to really show was some sort of cinematic like that and just be like, Diablo 4 is in development right now. Just something to appease the Diablo fans. But, you know, again, we, we've talked at, at ad nauseum about how much of a flop that press conference was. Uh, then they talked some more about Pokemon Sword and Shield, and then they closed out with some Super Mario Maker 2 stuff, which was awesome. Um, Mario Maker 2 is going to be incredible. I'm very excited. And they, they, they're still revealing, like, different tile sets that you can make so make it look like mario 3 or mario world or new super mario brothers or whatever it's just awesome and my favorite part isn't necessarily making levels in those games it's playing the cool stuff that people make and so i'm pretty excited for that so mario maker 2 is coming and that was kind of a wrap on nintendo's presser and again they showed a lot more stuff on this on the show floor as well but my goodness nintendo really came out with a solid conference you know this was probably my favorite thing to watch again as i said earlier my favorite thing to watch on the show but it was also, I don't know, it was just, it, it had it had everything you need. It had info about old games, it had new reveals, and it had huge surprises. And and so it just, to me, that that was that's about the most perfect of a conference you can have. Not saying it was perfect, but I'm saying like that's about as good as you can get uh, when what you're looking for in a conference. If anybody was disappointed in Nintendo's press conference that's a Nintendo fan, then I really have no clue what you'd be looking for in a press conference because that was pretty great and i say press conference but you know i need i mean nintendo direct so it's fine but anyway so that was a recap of day two technically of e3 which was tuesday and just nintendo in the morning came out swinging all right so that is it for the podcast portion let's get to the uh let's get to the fun stuff here um so we have our game of the week our pile of pickups and then we have our user question. I keep getting messages. Actually, funny story. I'm getting messages from. Uh, um, I have messages from a guy, the guy who um, I almost bought all those games from. He has another lot he wants to sell. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, oh, no. But this lo- this lot looks infinitely better. So I think it's be pretty cool um, based on what he's sent picture-wise and value-wise so far. It, it could be pretty good turn up. So, uh, so that'd be cool. So I'd like to see that. Um, all right. So let's get to it here. So there's one thing I want to do that I, I haven't done before. Now, this is going to be a little weird at first, but bear with me. I want to have, I want to have a little bit of music background, and I should have had this queued up already, but I didn't. So just bear with me as I get to the get my things figured out here. Um, trying to. I thought maybe I didn't have them there. Did I put them somewhere else? In the desktop? Nah, they're not on the desktop. There's a downloads folder. I think I keep putting all this stuff into. Sort by type. 
Here we go. Okay, that's what we want. So, okay, so bear with me here. I'm going to turn this down a little bit so you guys don't get blasted. Hmm. Okay. This is our pickup pile music. <laughs> so, our pickup pile of the week. So, first up, I have Mortal Kombat for the Sega Genesis. I did not have the first one complete. Really nice shape one came in. So, I picked that up. I have the second one, but I didn't have the first one. So, I got that. Um, I picked up a copy uh, from Limited Run, the Toe Jam and Earl, Back in the Groove, the physical for PS4. Really kind of crappy that you had to get it from limited run because there were people kickstarting this for like $300 with a collector's edition and they didn't get a physical copy of the game so that's kind of garbage but eh, I bought it I, I didn't buy that and I got this a lot cheaper so haha and then a big one I've been waiting to cross off my list for quite some time Shining Force CD got this at a great price um, so I saw it on Craigslist and it had been up there for quite a few months and what's funny is someone had been in my store about a month ago trying to sell it and I offered him exactly what he wanted for it and he, uh, he wanted to think about it, so he left, which is weird because I offered him exactly what he wanted on Craigslist, but he said he was going to think about it, never came back. So I was on Craigslist, and I saw it there again. I'm like, well, why, why would he not have taken the 125 from me when he's like willing to sell us for 125 And so then I was like, so I saw, I responded to the ad, said, hey, is it still available? And he goes, yes. I'm like, okay, let's meet in Little Shoot. We meet in Little Shoot. It's the same guy. And he's like, oh, hey, it's you, Greg. How are you? I'm like, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm like... I don't know why he didn't just sell me the first time, but it's cool. And then we chatted for a little bit. And uh, but anyway, I got Shining Force CD. I got this for 125. Now it went at, when I was gonna buy it from the last time, it was worth about 175. Now it's going about 250. And this game's cranking in value right now. Um, and it is an awesome, awesome RPG. This is one of the best on Sega CD. So very happy to put that in my collection. So those three were my uh, those are my pickup pile of the week. That's not too bad. That that's three pretty solid uh, rock solid pickups. All right, so <laughs> I got to remember that I used that song <laughs> because next week I'll forget, but I'm pretty sure I remember that. And then what's another good one for my, this is my game of the week music. Maybe it's not playing anything. <laughs> okay. That's not it. Let's see here. I don't like this one. <laughs> Let's go back to. Ooh, I do like this one. Okay. Our game of the week music. Um, so game of the week this week, and I might have talked about this before, but you know me, I'm trying to go through in order. <laughs> so what I'm hoping is that I'll go through this. Uh, and I won't cover it again because I've already gone through the Genesis game, so I'm not really doing any of those. But I'm going through my NES games again. And I always go back to this game. I, I absolutely love it. It's really, really difficult. Um, it's Battle, The Battle of Olympus by Broderbund. That's who published it. Um, so this game is a straight-up copy of Zelda 2 in, in regards to like how the buildings look, how the game plays, how it controls. It, it's like a straight rip-off of Zelda 2. However... It's really good, and it takes place in Greek mythology. So you're, you know, you're talking to Zeus, and and you're talking to, 
um, Icarus and like and getting items from them as opposed to just the fantasy world of Legend of Zelda. It is incredibly hard, and there's a part at the end of the game where you have to buy an item that's kind of expensive, and you have to really farm and grind out the the olives or whatever in the game. That's like the currency. And so you have to really grind those out. And the best places I found to grind them out are in different places. And they're really far away. So you have to grind them out and then barely get back. Oh, it's it's really tough. So um, I beat through this game about... Oh, probably about four years ago with my buddy Gabe. Him and I went through it legit. Like when we would have a password screen. What we would do is... So we were playing on an emulator. We would do a save state on the password screen. So we didn't have to write down the password. But we weren't using save states anywhere else. Like we beat this legit. It would just been... It just saved us the hassle of putting in the password, basically. Um, so, battle the Battle of Olympus on NES. Very good, very hard. Plays just like Zelda 2, but Greek mythology. So, like, mega, mega, mega good. All right. And so, lastly, the big news. I'm so excited. To, I've been talking about this for a while. The drop rate channel last night, in the wee hours of the morning, cracked 5,000 subscribers, finally. <laughs> it's really hard to believe that sometimes. I mean, a year ago... We weren't even at a, th at this time we had just broken a thousand because we, we, you know, we, we'd gotten monetized and everything was good. And then YouTube, like last year, February, so about a year and a half ago, came out with this thing where they're like, well, hey, now to get monetized, you're going to lose your monetization if you don't get to a thousand subs. And like, what are you kidding me? So I got really lucky with those Billy Mitchell videos. They took off and we got our subs and we hit that thousand. And so now, uh, you know, we were just going through, that was a thousand. That was like a year and a half ago, 4,000 subs. Um, in, in like in that, that little amount of time is, is wild to me. Um, and so, uh, and so now we're at 5,000, um, and my next goal is 10. And so that, that's probably at least a year and a half away again still. But the cool thing is as you get to 5,000 and 10,000, like the more subs you get, the more you get sucked into YouTube's algorithm, right? So the more they're like, well, this channel has a lot of subscribers, let's kick them out to more people when they search for things. And that's, so I don't know how much 5,000 affects it, but I know 10,000 affects it along with 10,000 also being when you start to have actual sponsors sniffing around and they'll say like, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll sponsor you, you know, if uh, we'll sponsor you, if, you know, if you want to get this much money or get this for free and do this on stream, wear this hat on stream, something like that, you know, and I'm not saying we're going to do that, but that's kind of like the hallmark. So once we get to 10,000, that's going to be like, that's my goal, you know, that, and ultimately after that, then it's just the goal is to stick with it because that's that's the really difficult part about this is it's just so slow and you have to be consistent like you do it every single week. Hope you're successful. So you do it every single week and then um, you, you know, some videos don't do well that you think should do well. Some videos do well that you didn't think would do anything. And um, yeah, and you just try to get you try to get word out there, you know, you try to get people to to, to watch your stuff and, and everyone here on the podcast that's listening, if you haven't subscribed, if you could, I'd, I'd so appreciate it. But even just listening here helps out a lot too. And checking out my videos, liking, commenting, all that stuff just, it, it helps, you know, and, and it just means a lot. So thank you everybody for always for listening and watching. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud and you want to subscribe on iTunes, you can do that. Just search the podcast app for game talk radio. Okay, not for Drop Rate. Drop Rate won't find you our podcast, but look for Game Talk Radio. That's me. That's my solo podcast. That's what you're listening to right now. And then I oftentimes cut this up and put it onto YouTube. Um, or if you're listening to this on iTunes, you can listen on SoundCloud. Uh, but either way, anybody who wants to go to our YouTube channel, you can go to youtube.com slash drop rate. That'll get you there. Look for the yellow and gray DR logo. Otherwise, if you go to twitch.tv slash the drop rate, we stream our weekly podcast every Monday night. So we've got the Dropcast tonight, actually. It's our 69th episode. 
Um, this is uh, 127, I think, for Game Talk Radio. It's hard to believe, you know. Um, but consistency is key, I think. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's just like it's been an amazing ride. And thank you, everybody here, for always listening. And I don't know. It's just so much fun. And, and I just appreciate you guys so much. And, um, and, and, uh, Oh, you know, any, anything, interact any way you want. Follow me on Twitter at game trade, Greg, send me messages for uh, question of the week, stuff like that. Um, I would love to do that every single week, but it's hard cause I don't get questions every week. And I've got a really good friend, Ryan, who likes to send me a lot of questions. So that I always have something, um, but I'd love to have more questions. So please, please, please uh, send them to me at uh, just message me or tweet at me at game trade, Greg. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll most likely follow you back unless I look through your timeline. There's a whole bunch of horrible stuff on there um, or a whole bunch of really political stuff. That's the only thing that would make me not follow somebody back. So thank you again, as always, everybody for listening and watching. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.